0: Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America. Biden is not on the ballot. Nevertheless, in eight days, we defeat him. We stop him in his tracks and his incompetent, radical agenda that is destroying America. We stop him eight days from today. Together, as a country, as patriots, as people determined to save America and to take back our country, because it doesn't belong to the radicals who are trying to destroy it, it belongs to us, we take it back eight days from now. Voting, of course, is well underway. Millions and millions have already voted. Maybe you have as well. It's okay to vote early, and uh, we have to utilize these days. Every day is election day, as if people are voting, and so we've got to do everything to make sure they're informed quickly and that they're motivated to go out there. And boy, our side is motivated. We're more motivated than the other side. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the dimensions of uh, this victory that we are poised. To accomplish, but not automatically. We got to get out there, vote, bring other people with us, uh, be on top of it. But I want to also uh, show you what could happen in the House of Representatives once we stop the Biden agenda in its tracks. And then I want to give you a few other uh, reflections on some of the news that has been breaking over these days. So a lot of things to get to, a lot of things to pray about. Let's begin as we always do with the Word of God. And I wanted to go tonight to, um, uh, you know, one day I was giving a, uh, in one of my my many talks around the country on pro life. I was scheduled to give a talk uh, in uh, somewhere in the Midwest, I think it was in a church, and and the talk was scheduled not for 7 p.m. not for 7:30 p.m. as you might expect but for 7:14 p.m. that was the advertised time of the talk. Do you know why? It took me a moment to figure it out that night. Why would they schedule it for an odd time like that? It's because of the scripture passage I'm about to read. 2nd Chronicles 7. I'm actually going to start in verse 11 but then when we get to verse 14 it's a very familiar passage to most of us. Let's read. When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive, to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. As for you, if you walk before me as David your father did and do all I command and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish your royal throne as I covenanted with David your father when I said, you shall never fail, to have a man rule over Israel. But if you turn away and forsake the decrees and commands I have given you, and go off to worship and serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot Israel from my land, which I have given them, and will reject this temple I have consecrated for my name. I will make it a byword and an object of ridicule among all the peoples. And though this temple is now so imposing, All who pass by will be appalled and say, Why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to this temple? People will answer, Because they have forsaken the Lord, the God of their fathers, who brought them out of Egypt and have embraced other gods, worshiping and serving them. That is why he brought all this disaster on them. Let us pray. Father. Our founding fathers in this nation trusted in you publicly. They proclaimed their belief in you as the sovereign Lord and ruler, the God of providence, the God of nature, and the God who gives us our rights. They proclaimed you openly in the founding document, the Declaration of Independence. It was a declaration also of faith. Father, we come before you today fearful, fearful that too many in our nation do what this reading warns us about, and that is to forsake your ways and worship false gods, adopting false gospels, false ideas about truth and morality, and go our own way and try to build a Tower of Babel. Without you. Father, when this happens, and to the extent that this happens, your name is placed under ridicule. People look and say, See that great nation that God blessed so much, and whose founders put their faith in him. See how now it is discredited. Lord God, we live in a time when among the many destructive forces, afflicting our nation, is the scorn and ridicule of other nations of the world who see our decline, who see our weak and incompetent leadership, who see the confusion that has taken hold of our current leaders. And we pray tonight, free us, O God. Free us from this scorn and ridicule by raising up the right kind of leaders. And Lord, we know you don't raise them up by magic. You raise them up by our votes. You raise them up by people getting up and going into that voting booth and bringing others with them, Lord. That's how you defend your name. That's how you vindicate the faith of our fathers. That's how you bring honor to that declaration of faith, which is at the founding of this government. Father, we pray, according to the words of 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, that we, your people, will indeed humble ourselves. We have been humbled by the degrading, humiliating, kind of incompetent leadership that we are under right now. It has humiliated us. And Lord God, we, we bow before you. You are the source of our pride, our, our joy. You are the source of our honor, and we want to honor your name in turn. So let us humble ourselves. Let us turn away from our wicked ways. Lord God, one of the ways we turn away from our wickedness is precisely by voting to rebuke the left, by voting to rebuke the incompetence, by vo- voting to rebuke those who have abandoned your law and your truth and morality. Let us deliver uh, to the godless left a stinging rebuke in this election, overwhelmingly as part of our repentance so that you may shine upon us, forgive our sins, and heal our land. We pray through Christ Jesus our Lord amen. That's what I talked about that night in that talk at 714 p.m. You know, in a sense, all our our talks, all our preaching needs to be in the spirit of 714, doesn't it? We've got a job to do. Voting is an act of repentance. In a situation like this, voting is an act of repentance. Some people think of it just as an act of citizenship, just as a political act. No, no, no. It's a spiritual act, together with all those other things. This is a deeply spiritual act. And you got, you got those pastors who say, oh, I don't want to talk about elections. religion and politics. Don't mix. Yeah, right. Nonsense. Of course they mix. Politics cannot serve the good of the people unless it's rooted in religion and morality. Our founding fathers told us that. All right, look, we're eight days away from stopping this godless left in its tracks. And it's the godless left right now that's using Biden like a puppet. He's not running the government. He's not running the country. He can't even find his way off the podium or make his way to the end of a sentence. We all know that. The godless left is running the country and running it into the ground. There's a lot of people that need to repent of this because they voted for these people. And a lot of them have buyer's remorse. A lot of them got buyer's remorse uh, not too long after uh, Brandon over there took office. Well, it's time to repent. It's time to repent and pull that lever for the right person. I'm going to go to the board in a moment. But first of all, let me give you a couple of quick announcements. Um, The Trump rallies, I want to go to DonaldJTrump.com slash events. You go to that website, DonaldJTrump.com slash events. Let's take a look at it now. And you're going to see, when you scroll down that page, that there are four, no less than four, rallies coming up here prior to Election Day. I want to make sure that you are going to watch them as I will be watching them. And uh, we're going we're gonna to really get fired up uh, and sp- and invite others to watch them too. So the first one, this coming Thursday night, November 3rd, it's going to be in Sioux City, Iowa, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Then after the Thursday night rally in Iowa, you've got a Saturday night rally in Pennsylvania, Latrobe, Pennsylvania, 7 p.m. Eastern time uh, over there. And then the next day, Sunday, the uh, two days before the election, he'll be in Florida, President Trump, Miami, to be exact. 5 p.m. rally, rally speech. That's when the president is scheduled to speak. As you know, it starts hours before that with special speeches from other key political leaders, leaders of the right kind. And then... The day before the election, Monday, November the 7th, one week from tonight, President Trump will be speaking in Dayton, Ohio. That'll be at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So right-side broadcasting, of course, will be following gavel-to-gavel these rallies, and we will also broadcast President Trump's remarks on President Trump rallies Dot com That's one of our Priests for Life websites. And uh, you can see all the past rallies uh, and his speeches there as well. Okay, donaldjtrump.com slash events. You know, I also want to invite you to um, join me for a Zoom call. Now, this will be also Thursday night, just before President Trump speaks. But it's going to be a Zoom call with none other than Lieutenant Governor of Virginia, Winsome Sears. Now you know who she is, and she is a one of these rising stars, one of these leaders of the type that we need more of in America. Well, she's gonna join me for a live Zoom call. You're gonna be able to listen to her speak. You're gonna be able to ask some questions. This is part of our election training calls that we've been having every week. They're nationwide Zoom calls. You are welcome. To join me for that. Now let me tell you another web domain where you can go and you'll see a form to fill out. You don't have to worry about answering all the questions. These are for people that want to do something for the elections. You've been doing things all along, the vast majority of you, and, and I know that you're, you're fully committed to this. But if you go sign up, just give me the essentials on that form. The page is prolifevolunteer.com prolifevolunteer.com. So you see, we've got this army of volunteers across the country that have been doing all kinds of things to help with the election. But one of the things we do with them and for them is to have these weekly Zoom calls. Well, even though the election is only a week away, I still want to invite you to join, even if you haven't done so, because we're going to have winsome Sears. I know that that is just... So exciting to uh, to us, and so many people will want to come on just for the purpose of being with her, listening to her encouragement just a few days before the election. Then right after we talk with her, of course, we'll go listen to President Trump, as we just said, uh, who will be in Iowa Thursday night. So this is for Thursday night, but go ahead and go to prolifevolunteer.com, Please sign up. We'd love to connect with you on that Zoom call. Okay, so let me go over to, um, oh, let me just comment on one more thing here before I show you something on the board, Pelosi, this time Paul, okay yeah, something is wrong here. okay so you've been following you know this effort. first of all, we don't wish ill on on uh, any of our uh, political opponents. they're not you know uh, we, we don't we don't uh, hate people personally or wish wish harm on them. so we're really saddened by the, the physical uh, attacks uh, there shouldn't be violence against anybody in our nation. Uh, But brothers and sisters, you know, it's really annoying. First of all, the way people jump to conclusions and secondly, how judgmental they are going all the way up to to Biden. Judgmental immediately against us in the MAGA movement, in the conservative movement, in the pro-Trump movement. Judgmental against us in the worst way. Uh, because well, first of all, people jump to these conclusions without hearing the facts, and there's a lot of questions brought about by this whole thing. You know, who who what was going on uh, in that house? Uh, because, um, you know have you uh, can we hear the the nine one one tape the full thing? You know, what was this business about? Uh, there was a third person there, and oh, this was a friend, and uh, what, what what's going on here? It, it, somebody, please. Can we get to the bottom of this? That's number one. Number two is don't blame us for a a violent act by some kind of deranged person whose relationship with Pelosi we're getting mixed signals about, right? Don't blame us. You know what Biden said? The talk has got to stop, he said. You're talking about the MAGA talk and the things we say. Yeah, just like his speech in September, right? We're all a threat to democracy. Half of America is a threat to America. This guy is sick. And, and he tries to blame it on us right away. He doesn't know the facts any more than we do. Right away, oh, it's the talk. It's the talk, and the talk has got to stop. The extreme MAGA talk. Listen, this is dangerous stuff. Because if the, if the chief executive, if the commander-in-chief is saying the talk of so many Americans has to stop, well, what did... Did you ever hear about free speech? Why now are we talking about talk that has to stop if we're supposed to expect from the government a protection of our basic rights among those rights is freedom of speech they don't intend to protect it that's the point we have they have driven this country into the ground trampling upon our most basic constitutional rights and when you hear this kind of rhetoric they're they're the ones talking about rhetoric you listen to theirs oh it's the talk that has to stop oh so in other words you're going to solve the problem of crime which you utterly failed at solving by shutting us up? That we can no longer express ourselves? That we have to be canceled? That we have to be censored? That's your solution to the problem of crime? Uh, These people are... Friends, eight days we stopped Biden in his tracks. Eight days. We put up a firewall to this garbage. Let me go over to the board because in this race... Let me just remind you, you know, I find it very helpful. I hope you do too. Just to use visuals once in a while uh, to look at um, what's at stake here in the election or what we're about to see. So 50 seats in the Senate, red. 50 seats in the Senate, blue. Right? Now, what's going to happen in the U.S. Senate? Well, first of all, I'm convinced, I'm persuaded that we are not only going to reclaim the House, we're going to reclaim the Senate. Now, by how much? Nobody knows. But if two of these seats that are among the five most highly watched uh, Senate races where we have got already, let me just uh, put, put, uh, and then we're going to look at three of the Democrat seats. So, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin have been uh, of the uh, and of course, not all fifty of these are are up for election. As you know, it's one third of the Senate every two years uh, that is um, uh, that is up for 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 election or reelection. sometimes it's an open open sea contest. sometimes it's a re-election of somebody who's been serving. These have been in Republican hands. And then, of course, a bunch of others, but we're talking about the ones that are closest and considered considered uh, uh, toss-ups, or, of course, the margins have been going in the direction of Republicans. We've been gaining the uh, momentum here. Possible pickup seats, we're talking about, of course, uh, Nevada. We're talking about Georgia. We're talking about Arizona. These have been in Democrat hands, the Senate seat, the one of the two Senate seats uh, that is up for um, election this time around. So, the point is, the point is, these five Senate races here essentially, now anything can happen with a number of the other seats as well. So, we're not looking at every possible possibility here. But of course, uh, uh, the reality is that if we win the race in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, So Dr. Oz, Senator Johnson, we win the races here. The margin doesn't change. We hold on to what we've got. If they were to win all these three and then everything else remained the same, we end up still with a 50-50 Senate, right? So something's got to shift in here, in these five. But winning these, that's a win, of course, but it just keeps us where we were because those two, Are part of the 50 we already have. If we look at the the Senate seats that are in Democrat hands right now, if they were to win them all, they don't gain any more than they had before, presuming everything else stays the same. And that's how we can it would end up being 50-50. We hold these and we gain any one of these. Let's say it goes red. Now we've got 51, presuming everything else remains the same. Now we've got 52. Now we've got 53. If we flip those three, and of course there's others we could flip. You know, elections are are elections. You can't tell the outcome of a specific race by a poll. What you can look at is, what is the momentum showing up in many polls? Well, right now, the direction of that momentum is very clear. Everybody agrees in the direction of the Republicans. And therefore, more than the specific numbers of a specific poll is the whole momentum coming up to Election Day. And it suggests some will some are predicting we're going to get a 53 or I've heard predictions even more. Others are saying it's going to be more more like 51, maybe 52. Big big question, big big important step forward here because taking the house and taking the Senate is what really puts that roadblock up to the Biden agenda because remember here in the Senate, among other things, you're talking about the courts. you're talking about the judges you're putting you're talking about being able to put a roadblock or at least slow down the nomination and confirmation of really radical justices, and if judges and justices, excuse me, and if there were to be a vacancy on the Supreme Court, the Republicans can hold that seat until they have once again their own uh, foot in the White House, and then we nominate somebody who's going to put the uh, country on a sane track, on a constitutional track. So I wanted just to show you Show you this is an easy way of sort of looking at a little bird's eye view what's going on with the Senate. All right, let me come back over here and just uh, let's uh, let's turn to the Lord and pray over all of this. We just don't comment on the news here. We pray over it. So, Lord, we see the these the importance of these races, and we want to send right now the Holy Spirit upon the voters of Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, first of all, Lord, hold the line. Let the people in these states understand that changing that Senate seat from Republican to Democrat is not just about what happens in Pennsylvania or Wisconsin, but it tragically would affect every one of the other states also tragically affect the entire direction of the country of the courts of our security our freedom our standing on the world stage lord help the voters of these states think beyond their states help the voters in these states think beyond even the individual candidates to see the impact of these races on the whole country and the whole world. Bless, Lord, the people of Nevada. Bless the voters in Georgia. Bless the voters in Arizona. And help them realize that the time for change has come. That the time to rise up and reclaim our nation is now. Lord God, we take consolation in the fact that that we have a cohesive platform and message. Lord God, we want an end to crime. This is not simply about party. this is about a, 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 a safe country. This is not just about who's in the majority. this is about whether we have a border. Lord God, this isn't just about how many uh, 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 members in, in, in Congress a particular party has. It means how many dollars are in our wallet and in our bank account. It's about whether this country works or not. Lord God, let your people rise up and vote in such a way that's going to say, we want our country to work again. And The Democrats have failed. They don't know what their message is. They want to kill more babies they want to blame everything on trump they want to talk about everything as political violence they they don't know they're all over the map everything is january 6th everything is this everything is that and they have no answers to the problems that are plaguing america bless the voters of these states lord god with wisdom bless them with common sense Bless them with an awareness of the power that is in their hands in these next eight days. And Lord, bless President Trump and his team as they prepare for these rallies. Go ahead of us, Lord, and bless the rally in Iowa, and the rally in Pennsylvania, the rally in Florida, and the rally in Ohio. May we participate At least by watching and listening in the enthusiasm in the determination of these rallies and in the vision that president trump continues to put forth for us and for america in the vision lord of a country that belongs to us that thinks and talks about greatness that can conquer any and every obstacle just as we have done for almost 250 years that loves you, O God, and kneels only to you and that loves our families and our freedom. Bless these rallies and let them be a stimulus and encouragement to countless voters. Lord, we bring all our prayers together, including the prayers of those who are watching and the specific needs that they may have tonight they and their families we bring all these prayers and praises together by offering the prayer jesus taught us our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, friends, thank you so much for uh, listening tonight. Spread the word about this program. We'll uh, have a lot more to say tomorrow and Wednesday. Then of course, Thursday, we'll be watching the rally. And again, I invite you to join me to have a conversation with we'll Winsome Sears at seven thirty, Eastern time, and then eight o'clock. Uh, Listen to President Trump, but uh, that's Thursday night. But go to prolifevolunteer.com to sign up for those, those uh, Zoom calls and uh, spread the words. Connect with me on social media. FR Frank Pavone is the address. Truth Social and all the other platforms. FR Frank Pavone. Connect with the Right Side Broadcasting, RSB Network. Thank you to Getter for carrying our program. And let's remember what President Trump tells us at every rally. We belong to the greatest political movement in American history, bar none. And the greatest days of America are indeed yet to come. Father Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. We will talk to you tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.